0: Please open your copy of God's Word to the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, Paul's Epistle to the Romans, the fifth chapter. Will you bow with me in prayer? Our Father and our God, we have just sung together of Thy covenant love and covenant faithfulness, that covenant bond which will not be severed, that once having loved Thy people, they, we are loved for eternity. And we ask that our hearts might be melted by the overwhelming, redeeming love of the Father through His Son as the Holy Spirit works within our hearts to break down all barriers to break down whatever would hinder us in our fellowship with thee, that whatever coldness of heart or hardness of heart there may be would be removed as we contemplate the greatness of the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we, thy people, may truly be filled with thanksgiving. And how fitting it is and how wonderful that at least a number of us can gather together on this day and offer praise and thanksgiving for the many riches and blessings that we have, all traceable, not only to Thy fatherly hand, but also sanctified by the precious blood of the Lamb. These things we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, asking that Thy Word would be applied to each heart as we have need. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you take your copy of God's Word as we stand and read? We will be focusing on verses 6 through 11 in Romans 5, but we should begin reading with verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. People of God, surely we are thankful as those who are saved by grace for all of the good things that God has given to us, for His providential care over His world and especially for His people, for home, food, provision of clothing, and maybe even specially for a Thanksgiving meal on a day such as today. But surely, surely, it would be a mistake for us on this day. Not to go to the core of things and to be most thankful for the cross of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And taking our cue from verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and looking at verses 6 through 11 briefly, let us be thankful for the love of God demonstrated in the cross of Christ. First thing will you note with me is that the love of the cross is incomprehensible love. We read in verse 6, for while we were helpless or still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. It is incomprehensible love, isn't it? It is incomprehensible because it is a love that is extended to sinners. We cannot take God's love for granted when we know how great our need is and that we deserved God's wrath. But he loves, according to this text, verse 6, the ungodly. Now, let this melt your heart. Do you remember that story of Rabbi Duncan? He was called Rabbi because he was a Hebrew professor in Free Church College in Edinburgh. And he knew the case of a woman who should come to the Lord's table and yet was hesitant to come. And as the elements were passing by, Rabbi Duncan, being the administrator of the supper on that day, took the elements and thrust them into her hands and said, take it, woman, it's for sinners. Well, I say to you this morning, the gospel of Jesus Christ is held out for the ungodly. It is held out for sinners. Do you know yourself to be a sinner? The gospel is for you. And so it is incomprehensible because it is for sinners. But it is also incomprehensible love because it is powerful love. Notice again in verse 6, while we were still weak, or the old translation says, while we were helpless, salvation is for sinners. And salvation that is for sinners is greater than the creation of the world. What powerful love is shown here that can actually save and redeem and transform a heart? John Calvin put it this way. The fountain of life goes down to death. He who sustains the universe dies in weakness. He who delivers us from fear dies in horror. He was willing to be disfigured, wounded, whipped, blow after blow. This is the medicine by which we are healed. He is imprisoned, we are delivered. He is condemned and we are absolved. He is exposed to all outrages. And we are established in honor. He has descended into the depths of hell, and the kingdom of heaven is open to us." Oh, that's powerful redemption, isn't it, people of God? And so, it is incomprehensible also because it is rightly timed. According to verse 6, at the right time or in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. What is Paul saying to us here? He is reminding us that Jesus Christ went to the cross Because God everlastingly put His love upon you and timed perfectly in His own unfolding of His providential redemptive plan that Jesus would die at that perfect time that was instituted in the covenant of redemption from eternity past. So contemplated on this Thanksgiving morning that before ever the world was, Before there were trees, before there were animals, before there were streams in which to dangle your toes, the Lord Jesus was set aside by the Father, chosen as the instrument of redemption, as the mediator between God and man, so that you and I might be saved from our sins. It was at the right time that was instituted by God in eternity. So are you thankful for the incomprehensible love of the cross this morning? Surely every believer is. I'm reminded of how Samuel Rutherford put it, it is as if a child could take the globe of earth and sea in his two short arms. What he is saying, of course, is the impossible task of measuring the love of God as seen in the cross of Jesus is a task that we take up even though it is impossible. And so, it is incomprehensible love. But as we go through the text, will you also see that it is extravagant love, indeed infinitely extravagant. Notice verses 7 and 8, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see the extravagance of it? It is extravagance because it is unheard of love. Someone might die for someone that he considers to be good, but who will die for someone who is his bitter enemy? And indeed, we were God's bitter enemies by nature in original sin and fallen in Adam. It might be that someone like my great uncle who died in the First World War would go to the front lines leaving his hospital so that he might die with his buddies And perhaps save some, but that is a very rare instance indeed. Jesus Christ died, according to this text, for the ungodly, the ungodly, for, according to this text, the enemies of God. And when he died, it is all that death meant, not only his physical death, but Jesus bore the equivalent of our deserved eternal punishment when He shed His blood on the cross. So we read in 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. I would say that's extravagant love, wouldn't you? But then we also see that it's extravagant because we see the, the source is the Father's heart. What is presupposed here, God shows His love for us in verse 8, is that it is the Father who sent His Son to be our Redeemer from sins. The Father does not love you because Christ died for you. Christ died for you because the Father loves you. The extravagance is seen in the source being in the Father's heart, even though we were ungodly, rebellious sinners and enemies To him. And also, the extravagance is seen in the extreme difficulty of saving us from our sins. Just read through the text later today. Notice it is for the ungodly, for those who are without strength, for those who are enemies that Jesus died. No wonder Luther said, Here is a problem that only God could solve. How could we be made right with a holy and a righteous God? Well, there was only one way, and that was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God's only Son. I always think of the second Helvetic confession, one of our great Reformed confessions when I read this portion of Scripture that speaks of the cross and God's love for us, and it speaks of the strenuous love of God the Father to the world of His elect. It's as if to say God's heart so loved you and so strained after you that it was strenuous love that would be provided so that Jesus Christ would shed his blood for the ungodly, those without strength and God's enemies. You see, God's love is extravagant love. You speak of a cornucopia on Thanksgiving Day. Children, if you don't know what a cornucopia is, it's, there's a picture of it in your bulletin right on the inside. That's a cornucopia. So, God's love is a cornucopia, an infinite cornucopia of blessing for the people of God, continually, constantly pouring out infinite, eternal, unchangeable love that came for you through the cross, bought you and purchased you through the shed blood of Jesus, and will not let you go for time and eternity despite circumstances. But then also, Notice thirdly, that this love of the cross is apprehending love. It apprehends us. And so in verses 9 and 10, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. You see, it is justifying blood. It is blood that so covers your soul and your sin and removes your guilt that in the presence of Almighty God, if you are a true believer in Jesus, you are completely accepted by Him. Haldane in his great book on Romans says, We suffered all the punishment due to our sins and have kept every precept of the law because He with whom we are one has done so. Can you not be thankful that though we deserved his infinite displeasure, yet because of our union with Christ, because he was our substitute on the cross, it is as if we ourselves had obeyed the law that we have broken and as if we ourselves had paid the penalty because in our substitute it has been done And so we may sing those marvelous words, if thou my discharge hast procured and fully in my room endured the whole of wrath divine, payment God cannot twice demand, first at my bleeding surety's hand, and then again at mine. And what those old words mean is simply this, if the price has been paid, it has been paid. It has been paid once for all, and it has been paid in full, and you owe it no more. No more. That indeed is apprehending love. Wrath delivering love, according to this text. We are delivered from the wrath of God. It is how much more love that is shown in the cross. And it is efficacious, according to verse 10, in a Lord who died but now lives, rules, reigns, and who is our great high priest in heaven and that is an atonement applied to every believer in Christ, according to verse 11. And so you know that it was apprehending love when you realize that the love shown in the cross was demonstrated before there was anything in my heart to correspond to it. Or shall I say, you know that it was apprehending love when you have been so apprehended by the love of the cross, that you begin to understand there was nothing in my heart to correspond to His love, nothing in me that would lead Him to love me. He loved me because He loved me. It is incomprehensible love. It is extravagant love. It is apprehending love. No wonder, Paul says in verse 11, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God does not reserve one drop of judicial wrath for his people. Can you not understand how Luther would say, child of God, every morning that you get up, recite to yourself John 3:16." For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I wonder if there is someone here this morning that for the very first time can substitute your name. God so loved that He gave His Son for me. For me. Have you trusted in Christ? Unbeliever, did e'er such love or sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? as we see in the Christ of the cross. But even knowing of this love will not break your heart. No, no, the love of the Father is not simply an announcement, it is more than that. The love of God is such that it breaks up the hard heart, that it actually provides the cross of Jesus as a battering ram to open the locked door of the soul and the blood floods in to wash the sinner's soul of sin. And may the Lord do that in someone's heart this morning, we pray. What a Thanksgiving day it will be if someone here walks out saved that walked in lost. God thinks, imagine, God the Father thinks that all of His love is well bestowed if through the cross His Son gets His bride in His arms, and He has purchased you, people of God, to be His bride turn to the Savior who died for sinners. On this Thanksgiving day, I hold up Jesus Christ who died on a cross, and I call you to put your trust in Him alone for your salvation. And now, people of God, when you are in the world today, family all around and children fighting over drumsticks and you know, will you within your heart pause and thank God that the cross of Jesus has demonstrated incomprehensible, extravagant, and apprehending love to you, no matter what else? I often think that attempting to grasp the love of God is like counting the sand on the seashore. It is, on the one hand, a futile effort. Who can grasp the dimensions? Of the love of God, the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, or to put it another way, who can count the grains of sand as you contemplate the love of God for you and the cross? But when we count not sand, but we attempt the impossible, to calculate God's infinite love, is not trying worth the effort? Isn't it worth the effort? And you will spend, child of God, an eternity attempting to count the grains of sand, to calculate the measure of the love of God in the cross. I would say, no matter what you're going through or your circumstances may be, we have every right as people of God to be thankful. Don't you agree? And so I conclude with these words of Augustus Toplody, you know, the hymn writer of Rock of Ages and many others. Complete atonement thou hast made And to the utmost farthing paid, whate'er thy people owed, nor can his wrath on me take place if sheltered in thy righteousness and sprinkled with thy blood. And God's people said, Amen.